Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It is episode 82 of Gimme the Hot Sauce, our special guest coming up in just a few minutes. The play-by-play voice on Bulls Radio, Chuck Swirsky, is going to join us. And if you're watching on YouTube, maybe we can get him to dance for us a little bit. I'm not sure if he'll do that, but uh, (laughs) but we'll see what we can do. Uh, Stacy is not with us in the Hustle and Flow studio because he is recuperating from hip replacement surgery. I guess that's a good place to start, Stacy. Tell all your fans how you're doing. America. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm a new man. I got a brand new hip, baby. I think it's like 18 years old. I'm out here doing the moonwalk now. Oh, Lord, I could, I'll be out to run in some sprints. I'll be out to do all kind of things that I couldn't do. Oh, I was in a lot of pain. Bulls Nation, you had no idea how much pain I was. And uh, finally got, finally uh, found some time, Mark, to, to go in and get that taken care of uh, going into the season. I didn't want to go in. Um, I had bone on bone, uh, which is very excruciating pain. And uh, kind of forced me to go get it done. So right now I'm recuperating and I feel a thousand times better. I'm over here at the uh, Thug Mansion and uh, <laughs> down here and I'm, I'm relaxing. My girlfriend, Don is is uh, my nurse, uh, making her put a candy striper outfit on every day. And uh, so she's doing a great job of uh, nursing me back. So this is, her, this is really her second time nursing me back. Cause I had, remember I had COVID yeah. in December. And she nursed me back from that. And then, you know, she's nursing me back from this uh, hip replacement surgery. So, uh, but main thing, shout out to, uh, you know, Midwest Orthopedic on Rush, man. Dr. Karras, boy, I tell you, and his staff, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable staff. Uh, Dr. Karras is, I mean, hands-on, uh, you know, relaxed, had me relaxed. I was really nervous going in there. Surgery was on Tuesday. Um, I had to be in there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, surgery started at 7.30. So you can imagine I was nervous. You know, I've had knee surgery before, knee scopes, uh, but this is something totally different. And, um, you know, Dr. Karras and, and his staff, and I tell you, they really made it a, a, an easy transition for me. So uh, shout out to uh, uh, Dr. Karras and uh, uh, Midwest Orthopedic on Rush. So you don't have to be just a three-point shooter anymore. You can beat guys off the dribble again. 
Well, you know what? I got the. I have. I always had the mid-range game. You know, I got that Demar Derozan mid-range <laughs> game. I shoot. I shoot like Steph Curry. But now I can go in the post when I get a mouse in the there house. There you go. Now. See, before before I couldn't go when I had the bad hip, I couldn't go inside. I had to shoot. <laughs> as soon as I came past half court, and then Mark, if you wanted me to get back transition defense, I, did. I stayed on the other side. <laughs> See, now I can get up and down the court, and I feel so much better. And I. I I advise anybody, you know, that may have any kind of joint pain, whether it be your knee or your, your hip, and you have to have that type of surgery. I'm going to tell you something. Don't wait. Don't wait. Get yeah. it done. Uh, it's not as hard. I mean, I literally was walking after surgery. As soon as I came out of anesthesia, I was up walking. I'm walking now. Um, it's amazing. I have no pain in the hip whatsoever. When I went in, Mark, on a scale to zero to 100, you know, my, my pain level was over 100. I mean, it was that bad. And um, now coming at right after surgery, I would say if my pain level is the pain level for the hip is zero zip zip for the he, uh, for the for the hip. But just the surgical part, you know, right. just because, you know, you had it when they beat you up in there, whatever. That's the only thing that's sore, you know, but that's not even that's not even sore compared to what I was dealing with before. I mean, I'll take that all day of the week. So you're not here today and, and whispers took your chair. Can you believe that guy? You know, what? Uh, you know what? It's, it's, uh, you know what? You know. So he's actually sitting on my side. Yeah. I, I was like, is he on my side? Yeah. I said, okay, okay, good okay. I, yeah. See, you know what? Stuff on you my know, side. You know, when I'm at when the when the when the when the boss is away, the cat will play, as they say. That's right. You know? I don't. And then you order pizza. Yeah. You order pizza. Oh, yeah. Blue Malnati. Yeah, we haven't done know? that in months. But yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah. haven't done that in months. I, I can't even remember last time we had. And the beer was working today. That's right. Two new kegs. Two new kegs. And I saw both you guys drinking two big, two big flasks of beer. And now we got Lou Malnati's. And I'm like, wow. You know, when I'm away, they get all that stuff. Oh, Lord, the American. The Whispers at Chanowski show has just started. Oh, man. That would be canceled in a week, I think. That's the message, Jim. Wait, we just lost all of our subscribers. Oh, man, the whispers and Chanowski show. That didn't even sound good. No, no, that ain't ain't flying, no. Doesn't flow. Oh, no, no, no. That sounds like a bad bad medicine. Hey, we want to say hi to everybody who's watching on Twitch, who's watching the live stream. Uh, Hello. We're we're trying to grow that audience. Uh, This is our third or fourth week doing that. And we've got a special poll question going on right now. You can uh, check that out and you can vote if you go to our Gimme the Hot Sauce Instagram page. The question is, should the Bulls trade for Utah Jazz All-Star Center Rudy Gobert? That is the hot rumor in the NBA these days. Your options are simply, one, yes, because Rudy Gobert offers elite rim protection. Your second option is no, doesn't give you much on offense and has the massive contract. And three, yeah, I'd do it, but only if Patrick Williams is not included in the deal. So, Stacy, you've been reading the rumors it seems to be picking up a lot of steam right now. And you know what they say, where there's uh, smoke, there could be some fire. And we're hearing that, that AK really likes the idea of bringing in a long rim-protecting center to give them a, a different look on the defensive end. Now, for the way I look at it is, I, li- I like Rudy Gobert as a rim-protector, but I don't know if I'm willing to take on that contract, especially if you have to include Patrick Williams in the deal. Well, that, and that's the, that's the thing, Mark, is that, you know, he brings a big contract with him, and then you're going to have to give up something to get something. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Patrick Williams. I've said that all along. I think this kid has the ability to be a star player and be a real key cog on, on this Bulls team. Um, so I, I, would be, I would be, like, against that move. 
I think, you know, when you look at what Rudy Gobert brings to the table, and I think this is where they get in trouble in Utah, is because during the regular season, he stands out with rim protection and, and doing the things that he does, the block shots and, and making shots difficult. But when the playoffs come, they clog the middle. And they force him out where he has to play pick and roll, and that's where he's not effective at all. And once you take him out the paint, you lose that rim protection, and then you have a big guy out on the floor that has difficulty staying in front of, you know, smaller players. And then that's how you take advantage of them. And then on offense, he doesn't really do anything except dive cut. He doesn't really have any offensive game down there on the block where you say, let's throw the ball inside to him, let him go to work, play off of Donovan, you know, Mitchell and all the other guys. Uh, he's a pick and roll dive guy, Mark. And when you have a pick and roll dive guy, he doesn't get the ball that he stands in the middle and it kind of clogs up the middle for drivers like Mike Conley Jr., uh, you know, Mitchell, you know, whoever wants to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim makes it very difficult. Yeah, and some of the trade proposals I've seen are just crazy because both teams are over the salary cap, so you have to match the money within 15%. And I saw one proposal in order to add up to Rudy's $43 million that he's due next year, the Bulls are trading Vucevic, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and Javante Green. I mean, hey, we're not getting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here. You know, we're getting a shot blocker. No, no. And you know what? Listen, I, I, I trust the process with AK. I, I believe that both him and Mark are do their due diligence of what, what will fit with this team without having to, you know, mortgage the farm per se. You know, uh, you got to remember, DeAndre Ayton is a, is a restricted free yeah. agent. He can accept the contract. And I don't really know if Phoenix wants to bring him back. I really don't. I think that they're going to let him test the market. And if someone offers him a contract that they feel is not worthy, They'll let him go. They'll let him walk or try to do a sign and trade type situation. But I don't really think Phoenix really wants him back. Doesn't seem like it to me. I'm just an outsider watching and listening to all of the, the people talk. Um, he'd be an interesting guy. Um, you know, you also got Mo Bamba, who's a restrictive free agent. Well, I also believe that Orlando is going to let walk because they have so, such so many big guys. And they may get, you know, Chet Holmgren. They may get, you know, uh, the kids, Jamari Smith. I mean, they may get anybody that will add another big guy on their roster, which means there's not a lot of playing time for certain guys. Uh, so I, I see him being an opportunity. I hear Mitchell Robinson's name from New York. Um, you know, if I had to take the two, if you say, you know, Stacey, you had to pick between Bamba and, uh, you know, Robinson, I'm taking Bamba because his versatility, because he can't at least shoot from the perimeter. He can't at least be a threat from the three-point line. I think he shoots like 34, 35% from the three-point line. Um, he's a rim protector, kind of like Clint Capella. You know, a running, a run in the end guy. And with the Bulls in transition, you want a big guy that's not going to be coming back laboring down the floor and you got to wait for him to get back into play. You want a guy that can run in the end 94 feet, and he's one of those guys. You know, Stacy, I was looking at the list of free agents before we started doing the show, and really about half the league's centers are free agents. Yusuf Nurkic is an unrestricted free agent. You've got Andre Drummond. You've got a handful of oh, uh, Zubats from the Clippers is an unrestricted free agent. I would like to see the Bulls bring in a guy that could maybe play some power forward and center. I would love to see Bobby Portis come back and be on this team. Yeah, he would be, I mean, for, for what the Bulls need, uh, he would be perfect because he can play the four and the five position. He can, he can also switch out and defend. He's not a bad defensive player. He's a rebounder, but he gives you toughness. Yeah. You know, and the, and the bad thing about it is we had him. You know, yeah. we had him and we let him go, you know, and and uh, you saw how his career has kind of taken off when he, you know, when he went to Washington, then he went to the Knicks, then he went to Milwaukee. So, like, 
he's the, he's a guy that can stress the four at the five position. He can rebound the basketball. He's versatile. Um, he can defend. Um, you know, he's the new NBA type of prototype of stretch five that you're looking for. Um, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to command on the open market. Um, it's going to be tough for Milwaukee to match whatever that he gets out on the open market because he's been basically getting a discount the last couple of years. He's given up the money to win championships. Right. And now it's time for him to get paid because this might be his last opportunity because you don't want to keep selling yourself short, Mark, by taking discounts because then everybody wants to give you a discount when it's time <laughs> for you to be a free agent. You know, one name I also saw that could be interesting in terms of if the Bulls decide – we're going to re-sign Zach to the max. We're going to keep Vooch for another year at his salary. If they're looking to fill in at a lower price range, how about a guy like JaVale McGee? He's unrestricted. He's had he's coming off his, his last couple of years have been his best in the NBA, and he's good friends with Zach Levine. They became friends during the Olympic team when they played together. And I remember uh, seeing a video of Zach and JaVale together, and, and he was saying about how Zach, uh, JaVale signed with Phoenix, but we'll get you next time. And, and you never know how that stuff works in the NBA. I mean, if you got Vooch as your 30-minute-a-night center, I'll tell you what, JaVale McGee offering rim protection for 18 minutes sounds pretty good to me, especially if the price is right. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting, uh, you know, player because, you know, early in his career, he was always the butt of jokes, you know. Yeah, Shackton. <laughs> and, then, and then the big thing that happened to him, he went to Golden State. Yeah. And he learned how to be a pro. And he was big, instrumental in what Golden State was doing. And he learned how to be a professional. And I've always liked JaVale McGee as far as his athleticism. I always thought even when he was in Washington, you know, his first couple of years, I was like, wow, this kid is like unbelievably athletic. I mean, the way he can close out on shooters and block a shot from 10 feet away with his length, uh, run the floor, dunk the basketball. Uh, it did, you know, just like typical young players, you know, they make silly mistakes trying to do too much. Um, a lot of it has to do with coaching. You know, I think the last few years he's been around some very good coaches and very good locker rooms that have enabled him now to get a grasp of how to be a professional player. Um, so he's an interesting, interesting player to, to look at as well. Um, you know, Biak, uh, Bismarck Biombo, you know, yeah. who was sitting on the couch uh, last year, uh, ended up coming out and helping Phoenix, you know, when uh, McGee and those guys were out. So that's a name, too, to keep an eye on that may be, you know, maybe a guy that you can get that's not going to cost you a lot. You know, he's a proven rebounder in this league. He's a proven shot blocker in this league. He's a high-energy guy. He's a guy that can switch out, and he actually does a pretty good job switching out on pick and rolls uh, and can slide his feet two or three slides because that's what you need your big guys to do, especially as much as the NBA switches. You look at Boston right now, that's one of the reasons why Boston is having so much success against Golden State is because their bigs, Horford and Williams, can guard smaller guys. Even though they're, even though it's a mismatch, they can stay in front of those guys for two or three slides, which enables the offside you know, help whether it be Smart, Tatum, or Brown, to be able to help them if they completely get beat. That's why the difference in that series. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second, but just kind of wrap up our Bulls talk. You know, the draft comes first. That's on June 23rd. Free agency starts, so you can start negotiating with guys at uh, 6 o'clock Eastern time on June 30th. So basically, one week later, you go into free agency. So if AK and, and Mark Eversley find a, a shooter they really like on the board at 18 and they take a, a wing guy, don't panic, like, where are we going to get our size from? Free agency comes right after it. So it's really a dual process as to how you can best improve your team. And, and really, the Bulls, with a couple of, of key additions, can be in that top four in the East. 
Yeah, they can. I mean, you know, listen, AK knows the draft. They do their homework on their players. They're they're scouring, they're scouring the college, you know, ranks. Uh, they they understand what they need to make this team better. And when you're drafting, listen, they're they're ecstatic to be in the first round this year. You know, last year they were, you know, in the second round. They don't have a second round pick this year because it was taken away, but they do get a first round pick at 18. And as you know, in the drafts, it's always been guys will fall that were projected to be higher will fall. And one team, it just takes one team, Mark, that that like puts a bad mark on a guy, and then everybody's afraid of them. I mean, you remember you go back to you know when you had uh, the kid from uh, from Denver, um, um, yeah, Michael yeah, Porter Jr. Porter. He was supposed to be a, the number one pick. He's supposed to be number one pick out of high school, number one pick out, you know, when he came out of Missouri and then he had the back injury and then he slipped all the way down. I think he went to like 14 and, you know, his back has been, his back has been a problem. And I think that's what scared a lot of people off, but it's not going to be something that derails his career. And if you look at his ability and how important he is to Denver, I mean, he's one of the key cogs. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Denver didn't get to, you know, get deep in the playoffs this year because you're missing Murray and you're missing uh, him. And, you know, it's going to happen again this year. Someone's going to fall to 18, and the Bulls are going to be able to grab a good player because at that point, you got to pick the best available right. player. Right, no question about it. You mentioned the finals, and it really kind of turned yesterday where Boston's physicality took a toll on the Golden State Warriors. You look at some of the numbers, Stacy. they doubled them up, points in the paint, 52-26. to 26. They out-rebounded them 47-31, to 31, had a big edge in second-chance points. And I think they're, they're, they're just size and physicality has really kind of worn down the Warriors. The Warriors were down 18. They rallied. They briefly took a one-point lead in the third quarter, and then it seemed like they ran out of gas. They just don't seem to have the physicality to match up with Boston. It looks like uh, the Celtics really have control of the series, especially with Steph Steph Curry tweaking his foot. We, we don't know. He says he's going to play in game four, but he could be hobbled a bit. Well, I mean, the difference in the series so far, I mean, it's still a long ways. I still believe this series is going to go seven. Um, I think, you know, the way the, the way the playoffs have been, especially with Boston, you know, they win, they win the game and then they look great. And then the next game they come out and they lose and the mm-hmm. other team wins. So I, I expect this series to go at least seven games. Um, as you know, Golden State's going to have that seven game at their place. Um, Golden State is a, is a, is, unbeatable pretty much at home. I mean, you know, I know Boston won a game, but they play so much better at home with their crowd. Uh, going into that game last night, I think what you saw was what how to beat the Warriors is that you've got to take advantage of mismatches when they're switching and they're, you know, they're putting certain players on certain players. And where that matchup is, that's the difference between a team in the finals and a team in the first round is that, you know, guys see, you know, coaches see certain things and they say, okay, we got to do this. This if we're going to beat this team, if Steph Curry is going to switch on a pick and roll on Al Horford, we got to post him up. We got to get the ball inside and we got to punish them for doing that. And a lot of teams don't punish Steph. You know, Steph has gotten much better defensively on ball defense. Um, it's very well documented. He's, he's, he's done a great job of making himself kind of a two-way player, but they still on pick and rolls when they want to run those switches, they still have guards, guarding bigs, bigs, guarding, you know, smalls and, uh, Boston's taking advantage of. I mean, look at the rebounds, 47 to 31 plus 16. And that's what, the, what is that telling you? Offensively, you're getting Steph out there trying to box out a Williams or a Horford. So they're getting those offensive rebounds, which is causing a lot of problems. And then also, you know, Draymond Green, you know, everybody's, you know, the big talk is about Draymond Green. Draymond Green is not playing like Draymond Green. I mean, it's like, you know, he has that one good game where the Celtics win 
and uh, he played physical, knocking people down. And and Boston was out physical in game two. And then they came back and was like, okay, Boston came back to Boston. Like, okay, let's bring it to the streets now. Let's play the same way they play and see if they can match up. And you saw they, they had a hard time matching up last night. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Draymond Green has always been an interesting topic for me. You know, I've had people, you know, talking conversations about NBA and top 20 players in the league and all this. And I've had people say, oh, Draymond Green's a top 25 player in the league and he's a lock for the Hall what? of Fame and all this. And I'm like, Draymond Green, you know, he, he brings a lot of the intangibles. He does a lot of the dirty work. But I, I've always felt like he was incredibly overrated for what he does on the court. Oh, man. When you talk about Hall of Fame, I, absolutely not. I mean, uh, high energy guy, you know, guy who who makes their team go as far as like, yeah, he brings the ball up, allows Steph Curry and and Thompson and Poole to run and get out and feel they. But listen, <laughs> when all those guys were out and he had he was the focal point, I mean, he didn't do anything. I mean, he was like under ten points a game. His stats, I mean, he had more turnovers and assists and. Listen, let's just be honest. Steph Curry can function without Draymond Green, okay? Uh, Clay Thompson can function without 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 Draymond Green. Draymond Green can't function without those guys. So they they he he everybody thinks he makes those guys better, but really those guys make him look better than he actually is because is those assists, those shots that they're making, he gets those assists. Uh, you know, he's defending people. You know, he's he's kind of like Dennis Rodman, uh, per se, uh, with his energy and the, the stuff that he does, the antics, getting under people's skin and all that. But, you know, when you talk about him being a Hall of Famer, you know, that's a stretch because it, it just, to me, not saying he's not a, a good player or a system player, but if you put Draymond Green on any other team on the on in the NBA, he, he'd be a fringe player. I mean, honestly, I, I believe he'd be a fringe player. I think he'd be like a seventh or eighth man, sixth, seventh, eighth man. Uh, you take him off that team in that system and you put him in, let's say you put him in, you know, Atlanta or you put him in Chicago, you put it, he, he would be, he would be an okay player. He wouldn't be the player he is in gold state because the guys he plays with makes his role look bigger than what it probably actually is. Yeah. We found that out about Ben Wallace when he came to Chicago, you take him away oh. off a championship team and couldn't do anything. <laughs> and he's in the wow, hall of fame, Mark. which is another. Wow, Mark. Hold on, Mark. I just got a text from Ben Wallace. He said he'll see you after the show. He didn't appreciate that comment. Okay. I'm trying to calm the big fella down, but he said he'll be seeing you after the show, Mark. He didn't appreciate that. I tell you what, you can't joke around about that stuff anymore in this world. <laughs> no. Because somebody, hey, you got to remember, Mark, these dudes made a lot of money. They may jump on a jet outside your house. They, they might pull up on you at your crib. Mark went out there to get the mail. And there's Ben Wallace waiting for him in the limo. Hey, uh, uh, Schnauz, I need to talk to you. Hey, Ben, how you doing? Oh, and all of a sudden, Mark, Mark, you saying bolts back in the house? <laughs> honey, honey, call 911. Ben Wallace going to kick my ass. I think this is a good time to, to bring in our guest, Chuck Swirsky, because he's always the great, a light in someone's storm. He will turn it into positivity. Oh, yeah. And we will get a much more positive conversation than we did just then. Give me the hot sauce. Episode 82 rolls on. Chuck Swirsky, the Bulls radio voice, is next.
Hey, this is Stacey King of the Chicago Bulls, also the host of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast show. If you like hot sauces and barbecue sauce, then you are listening to the right show. Give Me the Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces to spice up your kitchen. Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist, our St. Pat's Verde green sauce with extra avocado and cilantro, and our King's Q, a bold, spicy, and sweet hot sauce that'll spice up your chicken. And we also have one of the hottest hot sauces in our stable, the Chicago Fire 1871, which will have you call a 911. Use code Hot Sauce 21 to get 21% off your first order. That's Hot Sauce 21 and get 21% off your first order. And that's gimmethehotsauce.com. Thank you. Episode 82 of Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. It's now our pleasure to welcome in the radio play-by-play voice of the Chicago Bulls, our good friend Chuck Swirsky, kind enough to join us for a few minutes. You know, Chuck, you are so immersed in the Bulls 24-7, and now that the season for the Bulls at least is over, I'm curious, how do you, sp- how do you fill all that time? Because you're always at the gym. Well, I'll tell you what, number one, as Stacy knows, as you know, and Tim, I love my job. And I mean, it's a passion and I, I never go through the motions and I love it. It's a part of my DNA. And so once the off season, actually, this is a true story. So the Bulls are eliminated by the Bucks in five games. And the day after the final game of the series, I started working on 22-23. That's how my brain works. <laughs> and so... I mean, I read everything I could get my hands on. I talk to about four or five broadcasters a week just to catch up with them, how they're doing first and foremost as people. Secondly, what's going on. And so right now I'm doing a lot of reading. I'm doing a lot of errands around the house. And, uh, <laughs> Honeydew. Excited about the, um, the upcoming draft. I'll tell you what, Chuck's one of the hardest working men in show business, baby. Always oh, yeah. working. There's no no days off for the Swerce. So, Swerce, talk about a little bit about this season um, and how, how much fun you had doing the season, especially the Bulls with all the success that they had. Um, I know I had a blast this year doing yeah. the game. So so let our, let our listeners know your experience this year with the way the team played. Well, you know what, Stacey? First and foremost, uh, it's the people around us in the travel party because we didn't travel with COVID, Mark as you know. And so we did games from the United Center and the second floor level right next to Adam and Stacy, just to their left. And then on the road, we had a broadcast uh, facility downstairs near the bowels of the locker rooms of both the Blackhawks and the Bulls. So we traveled and it was great. And it was great to be back with Stacy and Adam and the crew. So we had a good time. But what made it such a special time was the fact the team became relevant. And I was talking with Stacy about this off the air, is that with our tourists and Mark and Billy and the culture being developed now, I think our fan base has been re-energized. And I'm excited. I'm pumped up for 22-23, whatever the future holds. And we're anticipating, obviously, that it's going to be another busy offseason. To what degree, I'm not sure. But last season was great. And it was great because of team chemistry with guys like DeRozan and Zach and Vooch. And then 
the the satellite players you know you're bringing a guy like Alex Caruso and then all of a sudden this team comes together and then of course injuries happen and uh, things kind of got derailed and uh, unfortunately so because I was really anticipating a, a long run in the playoffs. Yeah, Patrick Williams is out in Los Angeles now uh, working out with DeMar DeRozan. And, and we've seen firsthand the intangibles that DeMar brings to the team. You know, his veteran leadership, his poise under pressure, his fourth quarter production, which was off the charts. But to see him take a young guy under his wing, that means so much to the development, not only of Patrick Williams, but to this entire roster. What, what are your impressions of, of DeMar getting to know him over this last year? Well, you know what? I, I miss DeMar in Toronto by a year. And so when I was uh, talking with my friends in Toronto, Brian Colangelo, who drafted him uh, with the Raptors, Dwayne Casey's a very close friend of mine. They love DeMar first and foremost as a human being. Let's forget about X's and O's for a second because we know what he can do. But it's his heart. It's his leadership. It's the intangibles he brings, what he's doing. You know, not only with Patrick Williams, what he did with Io last year, going mm-hmm. down to Champagne, a Champagne Urbana with Io's jersey retirement. So is this the type of human being we're talking about. They loved him in Toronto, and it was a very difficult deal for Masai Ujiri to make when they acquired Kawhi Leonard. But they made the deal, and I'm sure it stung DeMar, but he went in as a professional with San Antonio and did a great job. This guy is a top-tier player not only as an all-star player, I'll tell you what, this man to me is a Hall of Fame player. He is going into the Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any question about it. You know, speak, speaking of Hall of Fame, we were just having a conversation, <laughs> uh, me and Mark, you know, I, before you came on. We're talking about Draymond Green and his impact with Golden State. Um, Chuck, do you see do you see him as a future Hall of Famer? Yes. You do? And because of the success the Warriors <laughs> had, He's a key piece. I think, you know what, Stacy? I think when it when it's all said and done, I don't know how many jerseys Golden State's going to retire after this run. They'll probably have at least five, including Iguodala. But, I mean, you know, to me, Draymond Green, and we talked about the intangibles that DeRozan brings to the Bulls. I think Draymond Green, I mean, we saw him at Michigan State. I If you told me, that he was going to have this type of career in the NBA, I would have said, what? Because, I mean, I I thought he was going to be an NBA player. I thought he was going to have a solid career. But the pieces fit at Golden State, and he's a large piece of that puzzle that Golden State put together. And credit the front office and the coaching staff of Golden State for surrounding Curry with different pieces with Thompson, and then you got Draymond Green, and I think they've done a magnificent job building that club from the foundational pieces. And I think he is going into the Hall of Fame, yes. Maybe not first ballot, but one day he will be there. Hey, Chuck, I think the, the Warriors are in big trouble in this series with Boston. Boston's physicality, their pressure on defense. You know, Steph is fantastic, and, and Clay is still, I think, rounding into shape coming off the dual injuries that he had. I just don't think Golden State can handle that defensive pressure for four quarters. Do you think uh, that they'll be able to extend this series and maybe possibly win it, or is this Boston's to take now? Well, Mark, I mean, when, when you say extended, do I think this series still is going to go very deep? Yes. I, I will say this. I think Mark is smart. 
when when the Bulls came back, they were down by nearly 20 points in the fourth quarter in Boston early in the season. And Stacy, you can remember this game. The Bulls rallied and won. And yep. afterwards, Marcus Smart called out both Tatum yeah. and Brown. Okay. He called them out publicly. He knew exactly what he was doing. I'm not a big proponent of that to go in the media. I think things should stay in the locker room, but it worked. Sometimes it doesn't work. In this case, it worked. They got everyone on the same page. I really thought in the first 30 plus games, this is just my opinion. I thought we're looking at Brad Stevens. I think he's going to pull the trigger on a major trade in Boston. I thought Jalen Brown was going to be dealt, but they got their act together. And wow. I mean, you know, they, they, they put their second half was unbelievable. And I think again, egos got checked at the door. The two stars, Brown and Green um, and Tatum, everyone bought in. And so now you've got Draymond Green battling all these guys, whether it's Brown, whether it's Tatum, and you got Green fighting with each other. And I, I, I just think what Boston's doing is fantastic. Well, it looks like to me, Chuck, that Boston has kind of gone back a little bit to like the 90s style basketball defensively. Yep. Um, and and they're overpowering the Celtics because the two bigs for Boston, Williams and Horford, are able to switch out on pick and rolls and stay in front of Curry, stay in front of Klay Thompson and make it difficult for them to shoot. And then they're dominating on the backboard. When, when, when Golden State switches with Steph Curry on a big guy, they're able to get those offensive rebounds. I mean, rebounds last night, 47 to 31. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, and, and I also think Udoka should – take a lot of credit for this. Regardless of what happens, even if Golden State comes back to win this series, I think he's done a fabulous job as head coach in his first year. I mean, we know the pedigree. I mean, he he played in the NBA, really was not an A-list type player. I'm not even sure he was a B-list type player. But he learned under some of the best coaches in the NBA, and he paid his dues. And, you know, Boston recognized that. And during the season, of course, uh, not only with the leadership of their coaching staff, but they made a key move with Derek White. I think that trade with San Antonio has really helped them big time. Chuck, let's get back to the Bulls. Obviously a very important offseason. They don't have a lot of flexibility in terms of what they can do in free agency, but they do hold the 18th pick in the first round of this upcoming draft. Stacy and I just talked about it a little earlier, saying that when you, have, you pick in the middle of the first round, you kind of have to go for the best player on the board and not worry too much about what position does the guy play. How do you look yeah. at this draft in terms of their ability to add a, a guy that maybe can crack the rotation in his first year? Well, you know what? This, the draft, I like about maybe three to five players in this draft, and then it comes down to scouting and what type of, um, you know, what, what type of a scout you really have? I mean, I can go to the gym, you can go to the gym, and we can see talent right in sure. front of us. But can you see a player that says, okay, like, he's a little raw, but we can get him in the lab and work with him? I mean, you look at Jimmy Butler. He was the 30th player taken. I saw him at Marquette because I'm a college basketball freak. I got the TV on all the time. I saw him play on a really good Buzz Williams team at Marquette. Did I think Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler is on the cusp, perhaps, of going into the Hall of Fame. He really is. Did I see this coming? No. But I'll tell you what. You had the coaching staff really work with him. Adrian Griffin just worked with him every day. 
And then he got his break because he didn't play much as a rookie. And Tibbs, as you know, once once he locked in with Tibbs, it was over. I mean, Tibbs and Jimmy Butler, you talk about a guy in Butler, and I know I'm deviating here, but Stacy, how about your first coach is Tom Thibodeau, and you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Everything he's he's pouring out, Jimmy Butler's taking in. And it was a great first coach for Jimmy Butler. Just like what Larry Bird said about Bill Fitch. I mean, Larry Bird loved Bill Fitch because he got him early, first year, rookie year. And Bill Fitch said, hey, you want to buy in? Buy in. Listen to me. And Bird listened to me. Butler listened to Tibbs. So this draft pick for the Bulls, Again, what do you get to get at 18? I think you got to get the best, as you said, Mark, best guy on the board. I, I don't know. I mean, that could be a handful of three, five players, whatever. And you, you pick at 18 and you develop them. Yeah, you know, I, I tell when, when, you know, when fans come up to me and ask me, you know, you know, what, you know, what, what are the team going to be like next year? I always tell fans this, trust the process. AK and Mark Eversley and JJ Polk, the Bulls front office, is they're gonna do their due diligence to build the right team. I mean, Chuck, talk about the 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 building of this team in a year and the over a year and a half now and the job that the front office has done since they arrived. Well, I think the front office, you know, I, I like first and foremost, Stace, what they didn't do. They, you know, during that COVID year, they kind of like, you know ascertained everything where they were going what they were doing and then they said okay we're gonna we're gonna kind of like see if something's out there and that something out there was Vooch and I think the way they run the offense and again you know this was a transition for Vooch and I think you guys would be the first to admit Vooch was on a scouting report when you looked at Orlando it was Vooch Vooch Aaron Gordon Vooch, I mean, you know, that's what basically people saw. All of a sudden he comes in, you got Zach Levine, then you add DeMar. And so, you know, they're, they're picking up pieces, they're picking up quality players, Vooch an all-star, Levine an all-star, DeRozan an all-star. And I, and I love the aggressiveness of this front office. And you know what? If you ask anybody, and Stace, you know this, you played this game, you're going to have some hits and you're going to have some misses. And front offices, it happens to everybody. And so I think this club, led by AK and Mark and JJ, they're not afraid to fail, okay? And I love that. I love the fact of saying, you know what? We're going for it. And we may not hit a grand slam every time we make a trade, but guess what? We're going to be more right than wrong. And I love that mentality. I love the aggressiveness of a front office when they do it the right way, and they are going to do it the right way. Well, Chuck, what would you say are the biggest needs for the Bulls this offseason to hopefully be in the position that the Boston Celtics are in right now to get to the NBA Finals? Well, I would say, number one, a rim protector. Um, you know, you've got, like, what Boston did with Robert Williams. I mean, you know, Robert Williams, to me, you go in the paint, and he's going to come after you, okay? And... When you know that presence in your mind of, of, you know, penetrating deep in the lane and all of a sudden you get a very athletic big man who's coming right at you, you start thinking twice about, okay, like I'm going to have to change the angle of my shot. Do, do I go into the chest? Do I kind of just fade a little bit? All these things race through a player's mind and you have to make that decision quickly. 
So when you have a rim protector, I think it helps a lot because these players in the NBA are so good that they can beat you off the dribble. But if you have a backline defense there, I think it helps. And I think maybe another wing player, a two-way player, because in my opinion, the way this league is going with a lot of shooters, you need two-way players. You can't just afford now to have, well, he's a designated offensive player. He's going to be my defense. You need guys who can play both ends of the floor. That is true, Chuck. Um, you know, you've been, you've been, you've been, you know, working for the Bulls a long time. And, you know, I always have my favorite moments that I've seen as a broadcaster. Tell our listeners some of the, some of the favorite moments you've had and you've experienced as a Bulls broadcaster. Wow. Well, Stace, I mean, um, I remember opening night, my first broadcast as a, a Bulls announcer, um, Bucks at Bulls, Derek Rose first game as an NBA player. And I love this kid. I mean, you know, he's never big time me once. I can't say enough good things about Derek Rose, the way he has treated me over the years. And, um, you know, my, my heart absolutely sank in game one when the uh, Bulls played the Sixers and he crumpled to the floor just to our right in front of the Philadelphia bench in game one. It was an afternoon game. And, you know, since that time, regardless where Derek's at, whether he was a bull, then he was with, you know, Minnesota, New York, Cleveland, wherever, Detroit. The, the truth of the matter is he is terrific. So Derek Rose will always have a special place in my heart, along with that group, Stacy, of Joakim Noah and Luol Dang, Kirk Heinrich. I mean, listen, that, that, that uh, game six with the triple overtime with Boston and the Bulls, where Joakim Noah with a strip and a steal, and then he ran to racing to the floor and Paul Pierce fouled him. And uh, I mean, it was electrifying moment at the United center. It was crazy. I loved that club. I, I loved everything about that team. And uh, you know, then the Nate Robinson game against the nets and then the bulls going into Brooklyn in game seven, where they were so beat up, no dang, no Heinrich, you know, Joe's playing on one leg, Bill and Ellie had a tremendous game. And then they go to Miami and they steal that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, whoa. So, I mean, there are so many great moments for the uh, Bulls. But I always remember the Stacey King call with Dragic in Phoenix <laughs> with Rose. That was awesome. Did you not you get the that? memo? Oh, man. And I'll tell you, what, you know, the thing is, if you, if you think about Goran Dragic, I mean, this guy's had a really good NBA career. But yeah. no one ever mentions, hey, you know what, he – this guy was a terrific big guy. You know, Eddie, you know, they, what do they remember? Hey, do you remember when Derrick Rose got me? <laughs> yeah, that stays with him. That stays with it him, man. Is, he's, does. He's, had, he's had an amazing career, though. I give it to him. Yes, he has. Very good career. Hey, Chuck, uh, what, what about traveling on the road? You got any favorite memories of, of uh, hanging out with Neil and Stacy on the road? Well, you know what? The, the great thing about Stace is that Stacy is so um, – effervescent and and you know he's always full of energy always full of life very similar to you know when he played at oklahoma and in the nba if you if you ask those of us who are around when stacy joined the bulls and i was with them you go into the locker room you know win or lose stacy was always available he didn't hide you know and come out like 20 <laughs> minutes after a game and he faced the music Good news, bad news, he was there. And that's why I respect 
people like Stacy who said, listen, you know what? The reporters have a job to do. You know what? The reporters, they're just doing their job. They got to ask questions. I get it. And if they ask it respectfully, I'll be more than happy to ask. You know, and so, you know, that's one thing that always comes to my mind with Stacy. And the truth of the matter is, Mark, and, and Stacy's probably told you this on the podcast, I did DePaul basketball for 14 years. And DePaul was after Stacy. They were recruiting him hard. Yeah. And I was immersed in that program, not only with Coach Ray, who later became my color analyst, Joey Meyer and Jim Molinari became very, very, very close friends. I would watch hours of tape with them, sit down, talk about recruits and whatnot. And they wanted Stacy King here in Chicago. And Stacy, you know, probably obviously knows this, but I mean, if you had put Stacy King with DePaul during that run the Blue Demons had post Aguirre and Cummings in the in the late eighties, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, wow! Because you know, Rod Strickland was a magnificent player. People don't understand how good of a player Rod Strickland was, not only with DePaul but also in the NBA. Yeah. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA, never to make an All Star team. I agree with you on that. And I, I was close coming to Chicago. I, I was close coming to DePaul. I love Coach Ray Meyer. And of all the coaches that I met, I always felt like he was the most honest and truth-telling coach I ever met. It's like talking to your grandfather and, and you know, how your grandfather's not going to lie to you and he's just honest. And I always felt Coach Ray Meyer was like that. And then, you know, what, what happened uh, that completely turned the whole thing around, Chuck, was Benji Wilson got killed uh, yep. during that time. And I was scheduled to come on a visit and my mom refused to let me come to Chicago because yeah. she said they were killing kids. And so she wouldn't let me come. She said, you're not going, you're not going to DePaul, take them off your list. And DePaul was one of my favorite teams. I used to watch DePaul and WGN. They yeah. used to have the jerseys out. I always thought that was cool. And they always had, you know, the Cummings and Aguirre. Uh, I mean, they always had some good teams. Marty Embry, who yeah. I'm friends with. Uh, that team I would have played on, it would have been Rod Strickland, uh, Kevin Edwards. Uh, Dallas Comagees. Yeah. That would have that was a very good squad, and no telling what could have happened if I'd have joined. But you know what? I ended up in Chicago anyway, baby. I went around. <laughs> I went around the long way. Who would have thought, baby? Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah, you know, Mark. I, I I was I was there for the recruiting visits. I mean, Kevin Edwards came in from a junior college in Cleveland, and I mean, Kevin Edwards is another player. Kevin Edwards was under the radar. Kevin Edwards had a really good NBA career, yes. especially mm-hmm. with the Nets. And he also played for the Heat. And, you know, Dallas Comages was a top recruit at a Roman Catholic high in Philadelphia. And I remember when they recruited him. I remember when they recruited Stanley Brundy. I remember Marty Embry from Michigan. And, you know, I still stay in touch with Marty. And they had Lamone Lampley. They had some really good players that passed through DePaul. And so, you know, you put Stacy in that group in the late eighties. Oh my word. That would, that would have oh, yeah. Rosemont horizon. Hey Chuck, now we've come to the favorite part of our show. It's when Timmy whispers gets to ask you a question. Oh, so geez. hang on right, tight. Tim. You All never, right. you never know. You never know what he might ask, but the, the right. view, our viewers love this part because uh, Tim's a little bit off the wall. Yeah. So pull your head yeah. down tight. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so most people don't know about your history here in Chicago, about the, uh, you know, if, if you get Googled, uh, Max Headroom comes up a lot, and <laughs> so a lot of people don't even know who that is, especially some of these young kids here working on our uh, on our show here. But um, so, the, just for the listeners here, that was a, a comedian who used to pirate in on shows and stuff and crack jokes, or whatever. 
but then they did it for real, and you were on the air at WGN, and uh, he called it the world's greatest nerds. It was, uh, at the end of the day, an ultimate compliment, but um, yep. that, that's well, a piece of Chicago broadcasting true. history. The Max Hedrum guy. Yes. Yeah. That, that was Chuck Yeah, he pirated. He took over like, WGN, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was creepy. That was yeah, creepy. Was. I ain't gonna lie. And, and, and they broke in to live programming. Yeah. To this day, I still don't know who did it, or how it happened. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's wild. I mean, it, it's kind of scary that someone had that control uh, over things. Um, but that happened actually twice. Once on WGN-TV, Dan Roan was anchoring, yeah. and, and they broke into his sportscast. And the other was on WTTW, yeah. uh, which is the public broadcasting system station in Chicago. And why they mentioned me, they called me a freaking liberal. <laughs> and Chuck Swirsky, nerd, freaking liberal. And, and, and again, Stace, there were no cell phones back in those, none, no social media. And so I'm, I'm sitting around in my apartment, all of a sudden the phone's going off and my friends are calling me and said, did you just see, well, honestly, I, you know, I wasn't really watching channel 11 at the time. Uh, WTTW, no offense, but then, <laughs> I, but then it became major news. I mean, like big time news. And I mean, I, in fact, uh, the anniversary just came up a couple of years ago and the New York times did a story on it. And I, I have, I have no clue what happened. <laughs> yeah. Wow. To... That, that... Excuse me. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. Ask Go ahead Tim. Tim. Well, then we have to ask about the dancing because uh, I read up on all the names they're calling it now. The, yeah, we have to yeah. ask about the dance. How did that all okay. start? Here's what happened. So we did, as you know, we didn't travel. And the Bulls hit a stretch where, like, this is two years ago. Not last year, but the two years ago. And they could not, I mean, they had a stretch where they were going with a lot of players that, you know, were probably on the cusp of being in the NBA or G League or Europe or whatever. And they were really struggling. So uh, the Bulls won a game, and I got so delirious, and I was so happy that I just started dancing <laughs> in the little studio, the makeshift studio we had at the United Center downstairs. This was a road game. Rich Wyatt, who is it's our guy. guy, yeah, yep, it's our guy, the best. And he taped it, and he goes, "Hey, I'm going with it." I said, "Whatever, fine." And then all of a sudden, the next thing we know. It went viral and people picked it up. So, you know what? It's not at the expense of the other team. And, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself and make fun of yourself and have fun, period, you know, that's why we're in this business. We want yep. to entertain. We want to have fun. We want to be the extension of the ball club to our viewing audience for Stacy and Adam, for Bill and myself on the radio. And we never take ourselves seriously because at the end of the day, there are so many more things going on in our world that are much more important that for at least two and a half hours, I want people to be entertained when they watch Stacy and Adam, when they listen to Bill and myself and put their troubles and their stress away for that period of time and just, you know, live the moment and have 
fun. So, have a so, good time. So how do you like all the names they gave? The, the Flashkey Dance, the Schwerski, the Chuckle Shuffle? <laughs> hey, you know what? It, I, it really doesn't bother me. I it's mean, great stuff. It's, it's a compliment. I'm glad people are watching. And again, if it if it gives them a laugh or two, more power to them. Does your lovely I mean, you, wife cringe when she sees it? Yeah, she stopped watching long ago. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, so Chuck, I mean, you know, let's talk about your Toronto days real quickly. Uh, yep. you see, you've seen a lot of great players in Toronto. Uh, who would you say would be going would go down as the the greatest Toronto Raptor? I would say probably Kyle Lowry, followed by Demar Derozan, and then Vince. Um, had Vince stayed in Toronto longer, I would have probably put Vince maybe. But again, you know, Lowry won a championship there and DeMar left an indelible mark with that franchise. I mean, both Lowry and DeMar and Vince will have their jerseys retired when the organization gets around to that. But I mean, when I was there, it was Vince's rookie year and it was McGrady's second year and Bosch came. And I mean, I got spoiled because I saw Vince Carter dunk on people every night. And it just wasn't one dunk a game, Stace. It was three or four. And he was doing a variety of slam dunks. And to see this man play above the rim every single game, it was amazing. And so, I mean, and McGrady was just coming into his own. My only regret is that McGrady who left as a free agent to sign with Orlando, and McGrady stayed, and they were willing to give McGrady the max, but I don't think Tracy wanted to play like 1A one, one or 1B to Vince, and so he left, but if McGrady and Carter stayed together, there's no doubt in my mind they would have at least won one Eastern Conference championship, maybe several, but definitely at least one. Well, Chuck, you've been a great sport. We thank you for uh, rolling with uh, with all our questions and everything else. And, and back to the dancing for one second. Wasn't there a group, uh, at, I think it was the new uh, CHGO Sports, they had their whole staff line up and, and imitate your dance? What did you think of all yeah. that? <laughs> like I said. <laughs> I, I was telling the audience earlier, we were hoping we could get you to dance. I, I guess yeah. it, it all worked <laughs> Well, Chuck, I, I, fo I follow hey. you on Twitter. I see some of the wonderful meals that your wife prepares for you. You found, you found a, a lovely lady, and I hope you yeah. enjoy the oh, summer. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah just, Ann can cook. Yeah, Ann, Ann can cook, that's for sure, no <laughs> doubt about that. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you when the season starts again, when training camp begins in September. It should be a very interesting offseason for the Bulls. Chuck Swirsky, the radio play-by-play -play voice, our special guest on episode 82 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. Final segment of episode 82 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. We want to start out by thanking and telling you about one of our great sponsors, Jeff Vukovic of Nationwide Insurance. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, or business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good buddy Jeff Vukovic at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And Stacey's coming off the injured list, but I think the Golden Pipes are still in uh, good shape, aren't they, Stace? Nationwide <laughs> is on your side. <laughs> They're back, baby. Even rehabbing yeah. from hip surgery, the Golden Pipes Tim, I heard you. Must, still sound. I heard you with, sir, Tim, I heard you with a little woo-woo. Yeah. Okay. We don't need you. I don't need your woo woo. Okay. Stay, stay in the background, yeah. buddy. Okay. It's encouraging. You're, you're, you're Tito Jackson. Stay in the background. Let Michael oh, sing, hand, baby. Then hand, me, hand me a tissue. 
It's like Jeffrey Osborne, the woo-woo song. When you woo-woo-woo. Yeah, but his woo-woo was terrible. <laughs> I do nothing right. Hey, we want to thank all the people that are joining us on the Twitch feed. As we said, it's something that's uh, relatively new here at Give Me the Hot Sauce. And we posted a, a poll question earlier on our Instagram story. And we asked, should the Bulls trade for Rudy Gobert? That is the hot and heavy topic. And the results that we have, Stacy. 58% say they'd be in favor of it only if Patrick Williams is not included in the deal. 39% say yes because he would bring elite rim protection to Chicago, while just 11% said no. So I guess that's an interesting result. What do you think about the, the, the fan reaction to that? Well, you know, we, the Bulls nation is very knowledgeable. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's not like, you know, some other fan bases who really don't know what's going on. Bulls Nation is really, really highly intelligent. Basketball IQ is very high. So um, I'm I'm for the Rudy Gobert trade if you don't have to give up Patrick Williams. Uh, because I think that, you know, even though Patrick Williams only played, I think, what, 17 games last year. Um, I, I think what he showed you in that Minnesota game, the last game of the year, is something that that – I feel like you're going to see a lot of uh, somebody's ringing my doorbell. This is, this is America. It's this is why you don't do a podcast from home because you got the dogs barking and going after somebody right now. Allah. It's Ben Wallace. He came to the wrong house. Oh yeah, it might be. He, he might take advantage of me. He might take advantage of America. I got a bad hip. I'm recovering. I can't fight right now. I gotta go get the. I gotta go get the Glock. Hey, I, I, I can't be fighting. I'm shooting, baby. Yeah, Allah, they gotta get me. Just don't give me up, Stacy. Don't give me up. <laughs> oh, Mark, I'm gonna have to drop down. I'm gonna have to. Ben, Ben, I'm not the guy you want. It's Mark Sinatra said it. Yeah, it wasn't me, brother. It wasn't me. I'm, I'm a big fan. Even when you had the afro and you, had, you didn't let you wear the headband in Chicago, I tried to sneak your headband, baby. I, That's I got right. Nothing but love for you, brother. The Scott Skiles <laughs> era, yeah. So we're talking about Rudy Gobert, and we had, we were asking people for their questions, and uh, the one that we picked, our guy Matt, is going with a guy. I wish I could pronounce this. It's G-S-C-I-M-E-C-A. Semeca asked, is picking up Rudy Gobert even worth it for the Bulls with all the money he would cost us, along with trying to get Zach Levine a max contract? And, Stacy, we talked about that earlier, the fact that it would really tie your hands in terms of future maneuverability. But, you know, some of these guys are getting older. DeMar is 33. You know, if you're going to go for it, I guess you go for it. And AK and Mark have shown us they're not afraid. Well, I mean, your, your window right now is open for you to, you know, go in. I mean, because you, you go back and you look at what are the Bulls going to be facing next year if they came back with the same roster, the exact same roster. You really can't because, you know, Miami's going to improve. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's going to lose people, but they're going to improve. Uh, New York's going to be better. I mean, you know, each team is going to do something to improve because the because the front office and the fan bases want to see improvement. And the Bulls are the same way. They're no different. So, um, in, in, in my personal opinion, you know, we know what they need. You do definitely need a rim protector. You need a versatile big that can play the four to five. We talked about that. Uh, Bobby Portis would be the guy that I would be looking at someone similar yeah. to that, you know, uh, Jeff green, you know, that can come in and play four or five for you. that can shoot, stretch the floor, uh, versatility, uh, because that's what you're seeing right now in the finals. I mean, Robert Williams is showing you that's the kind of guy you need that can play both ends, that can run the floor in the end, can switch defensively, rim protect, and also alter shots. And that's been big in this series against Golden State, and that's something I'm looking at for the Bulls. That's where a, a guy like Bamba 
comes in, you know, uh, you know, the kid uh, Mitchell Robinson from the Knicks. Those are two kids that are very young that bring the same kind of play style that Williams does that could be beneficial for the Bulls. Yeah, with the situation right now, the Bulls have traded some future draft picks. They really kind of are all in on this group. They've got DeMar under contract for two more years, and I think that AK and, and his group will look to maximize their ability to have a chance to win a championship in the next two years. Well, and, and if you look at, you know, the core group, and you've heard AK talk about this, bringing this core group back and building around those guys, getting the necessary pieces to, to go alongside the core group. And that's how you build a championship. You know, this team has only been together, you know, a year. You know, the, the pieces, the core pieces, when you look at DeMar, you look at, you know, Ball, Caruso, this is their first year together. And to be honest, if you watched them play this year when they were healthy, they look like they've been together for three or four years. So you've got to be encouraged with with that if you're AK. That core unit is going to be tight. You know they, they know how to play well with one another. They're very unselfish. You get Zach back in the fold, and then you possibly get a very good first-round pick that can come and play for you right away, someone like Io did last year. Uh, Patrick Williams is going to be better. You're going to get him for a full season. Uh, the Bulls are in good position to build, you know, get some really good pieces. It's going to come down to, Mark, do they have to give up someone if they really want to swing for the fences? Do they have to give up someone to get somebody? Or do they say, hey, look, you know what? There's this kid, Bamba, or whoever. We can offer them something. Maybe they don't match it. Their team doesn't match it. We're able to grab them up that way, and we don't have to spend as much money. Yeah, and AK kind of tipped his hand a little bit. He did an interview with a TV outlet in Europe saying that, you know, basically I discovered during this playoff season that we're not quite good enough yet. And I have to be aggressive in trying to bring another championship to Chicago. So, as we mentioned, all options are on the table. Don't be surprised if on draft night you hear the Bulls pulled off a blockbuster for DeAndre Ayton or, or anybody because they are go out to win a championship and, and AK will settle for nothing less. Exactly. And again, you know what? You have to, to get something good, you got to give up something. If it's, if it's a prospect, you know, and I know Bulls fans don't want to give up, you know, prospects, but at the same time, if what you're getting is going to put you over the hump and put you in a position to win a title, you got to do it. And that's what good teams and good organizations do. If they see something out there that's going to push them over the edge, Mark, they don't hesitate. There's no hesitation. Look, I guarantee you, Pat Riley in Miami, after seeing his team flame out the way they did, I guarantee you, you're going to see Pat Riley making some kind. I've already heard trade rumors that are already coming out of Miami. They're packaging, you know, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and whoever else, some first-round picks trying to grab Bradley Beal. And can you imagine right. Bradley Beal being on that team? Yeah. And uh, I, I saw I saw where they made a trade, you know, trade proposal with the Bulls, where it was kind of like Kyle Lowry, heroes, some first-round picks for a sign and trade with Zach Levine per se. I don't think that's going to happen. But you're starting to see all yeah. these different trade uh, rumors come up. And where there's smoke, there's a fire. And if you know anything about Pat Riley, because I played for him, Pat Riley, when I played for him, he pulled a trade where he traded Glenn Rice, who was the franchise leading scorer, was the face of the franchise. He didn't hesitate to trade Glenn Rice for Alonzo Mourning. And, and when that trade went down, that elevated the Miami Heat up to a different level. They went and brought it, got in, traded for Tim Hardaway, and Tim Hardaway was out of Golden State. So he's not afraid to pull the trigger and, and make his team better. How about Pat Riley during his uh, end of the season press conference this week? He told uh, one of the reporters who I guess he didn't like the tone of the question. He goes, I'm 77 years old and I could do more push-ups than you right now. I mean, Pat <laughs> Riley is as competitive as hell. Hey, 
I'm going to tell you something. He ain't lying. Pat Riley, <laughs> hey. Pat Riley, I'm telling you something, man. Pat Riley is, he doesn't even look 77. No. When you look at Pat no. Riley, Pat Riley got the slick back hair. He's well-groomed all the time. I'm telling you, I played for Pat Riley's first year in Miami. And I can tell you, I can be honestly tell you, I've never seen Pat Riley except maybe three times all year, Mark, where he came in unshaven, yeah. his hair ungroomed. Three times all year, <laughs> pretty much every every practice, he had the same clothes on every day. It was almost like Richard Gere in uh, American Gigolo, where he has all these clothes, but they're all the same. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like, you know, pull out a black shirt <laughs> every day. You pull out a black shirt and white shorts. He had the same gear on. It was pressed. It was it was always pressed and creased perfectly. Hair in perfect place. Unbelievable. I mean, very very meticulous when it comes to certain things. Well, Stacy's uh, been kind enough to join us for last hour and a half, and he's uh, rehabbing from uh, the hip replacement surgery. So we're going to let you go in just a second. You know, your your Sooner uh, women's softball team plays at six thirty. Uh, they're going to wrap up another World Series championship. So I guess that's no surprise to you, Oklahoma. Well, no, it's, it's not. It's not a surprise to me because that's what we do at Oklahoma. We're all about championships. You see, Mark. And uh, you know, last night I was watching the softball game because I only watch it when the Sooners play. Right, okay? and so. So Texas goes on the board. They get one run early. Everybody's all excited. <laughs> oh, they're going to win. And then Oklahoma proceeds to put up 16 runs. So, hey, it's just because you score a run, don't celebrate. It made it made everybody on the Sooner Nation mad because they were celebrating. Plus, that's a big rivalry, Oklahoma versus Texas. So when they scored that first run, they got all excited. Oh, yeah, we scored one on the mighty Oklahoma Sooners. And then Oklahoma uh, proceeded to open up a can of whoop-ass and just – Poured it all on them <laughs> with a little, give me the hot sauce, baby. Give us a, oh, oh, Chicago Fire 1871 on it, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, little, little shameless plug there, guys. Well, you've been getting a lot of love on Twitter. People are, are really sampling that and enjoying it. Listen, listen, Mark. Everybody who buys that hot sauce loves it. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing listening to the tweets and people sending what they're cooking on. Like, I just talked to a guy. Uh, the other day, who used it in the barbecue, the barbecue sauce, says he absolutely loves it. Uh, and he was a Baby Ray's guy. And, you know, Baby Ray, I ain't gonna lie. Hey, baby Ray's good now. Yes. Baby Ray's good. Okay? Yeah, so, hey, sweet. Hey, it's but good. I tell you what, don't sleep. Don't sleep on King's Q, baby. <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord. And then, and then another, another one, uh, somebody had some Mexican food the other night. They threw the salsa verde on there. Uh, a couple people sent me some video, pictures and videos of them actually receiving uh, their hot sauce, which is cool. So I appreciate everybody who supports the uh, the hot sauce movement. Uh, shout out to each and every one of you that has bought a bottle of our uh, Give Me the Hot Sauce. That means a lot to me, and I'm glad you enjoy it. And keep buying it because we're going to keep making it. Oh, and we have another flavor well, coming nice. out very soon, baby. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Lord, it's going to be But it's Tim, an ice cream. Tim. It's going to be an ice tell cream. Tell him, Tim. The ice it ain't going to be no ice cream. Yeah, called the Rudy Gobert. So Sherbert. No, 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 we're not. No, 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 no. I'll take no. See, scoops see, Rudy Gobert. see, now, now, you, now you're going to have people looking for some damn ice cream yeah. hot sauce. That ain't it. No, right. no, 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 and no. If it no. happens, it's that's what be, we're doing. It's, it's, hey, well, I will tell you this, America. It's going to be sweet and spicy. Just like you. So make sure that, to that check sound, it out. That sounded creepy. That sounded yeah. creepy. Well, that's what I that do. That sounded creepy. That's what I do. Yeah, that sounds creepy. All right. Hey, get down there for that boy. Get out from there. Oh, Lord, I got the dog trying to get it some food. So make sure to place your orders at gimmethehotsauce.com. So check it all out. It's all available there, and uh, Timmy Whispers will take care of you. Got anything else to say before we say goodbye, Tim? Hot sauce 21 for 21% off. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Hey, yeah. Stacey, uh, make sure you pass along our thanks to Dawn. She's obviously doing a great job taking care of you, watching the dogs yes. and everything else. Yes, she is. Yeah, she just got back from the grocery store, and she, she just walked in now. Yeah, she's doing a great job. Yeah, we, um, we like what she said. It's like a six-year-old um, with the flu. What did you say, Tim? It's like taking care of a six-year-old with the flu. Wow, Tim. You know what? That's that right. was a personal conversation between <laughs> you and her yesterday on the phone. Hey, hey, babe, you're talking about it's like taking care of a six-year-old with the flu. That's what Tim just said. He just told everybody on That's Twitter right, and in America. Man, you know what, Tim? He's putting your business on the street. Yeah, yeah. He's like a home refrigerator. <laughs> he can't keep nothing in. Oh, my God. But, hey, listen, 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 guys. I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to do the show today. It was awesome. Um, I'm glad I was able to, to come down and do it via satellite, and uh, I'm glad uh, it, it went off without a, a hitch. We had a great guest on there with the great Chuck Swirsky. And we got him and to dance. That was a big we victory. We got him to dance. Yeah. And, and right dance. now, baby, I just I, my hips. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no sleep. Don't no sleep. I'm out dancing too, baby. I'll be out there with Swirsky now with a good hip. Woo. <laughs> Uh -oh. People would and pay to see what? that. There's hey, Mark, no question. Yeah. Mark, guess what, Mark? What? And Don likes it too. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It opens up a whole new world of options. Stacey a King. Whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> uh -oh. I got a book for you. What's that? <laughs> don't worry about it. I don't want to get too personal again. <laughs> Tim always knows the way to end the show. So uh, with a little yes. music, uh, we're going to say goodbye to our audience here. We want to thank our great crew, the Harper Gang. I want to thank our producer, Maddie. Done a great job. And we had a lot of fun with Chuck Swirsky. Coming up next week, uh, we're going to have a very special guest for you. We're going to be joined on our next show by Bulls forward Patrick Williams. So make sure to look out for that. Give me the hot sauce, number 82 in the books. Stacy, you be careful on those stairs at home, okay? Hey, baby, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm moving up and down, baby. Oh, Lord, I feel like I'm 18 again, baby. <laughs> uh -oh. Drive home safely, Chicago. And for me, walk up the stairs, say, <laughs> <laughs>